If you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on any of our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Live on Four Legs Podcast and on Twitter at Live on Four Legs Pod. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring Mr. Stone Gossett. Fucking Cameron in the truck. on four legs the definitive live pearl jam podcast and welcome to official episode number 99 and and it, it, that's a little confusing because we've actually some of the shows that we've done in these you know in sequential order here uh that that count towards these numbers aren't actual shows however since we've done shows outside of of the regular platforms on patreon and and bridge school episodes and things like that we've actually done about 110 actual shows so even though next week is is episode number 100 we've actually done way more so again it's just another i guess milestone for going into you know more more stuff that that we've hit in this podcast this year from two years on to you know the guests that we've had and and 100 episodes so you know next week we'll celebrate the milestone today we'll uh we'll just we'll just be happy that uh wayne will wayne gretzky this podcast i suppose so randy sobel here john farrar over there and john we uh we are thankful to be here that's uh we shall put it that way yeah everybody you know we you might have heard uh we had a little uh snafu with uh the laptop that contains all the podcast information but it was saved thanks was. to thanks to the uh greater connecticut area <laughs> computer service people that did a great job the podcast is saved so we are back on our normal time thanks everybody for uh sticking with us but yeah 100 episodes coming out next week that's gonna be great man we're gonna have to uh we're gonna have to do a little something special maybe yeah i think the something special is uh is just episodes and if if that's not special enough i don't know what is and and i i think we mentioned it a lot last week at the end of the episode that uh october is going to be an important month because that's really we're gonna kind of crack down on some political pearl jam stuff so next week for the hundredth episode, we we kind of wanted to do something special, and I think Toledo two thousand four would be the best of the political Pearl Jam ones to do uh, to to kick off our political Pearl Jam month. And hey, I'm just glad we're out of Europe. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it, it, it took it. It wasn't that we wanted we didn't want to leave Europe. It was just it just took a lot of time. It took a lot of time. So, uh, but today, episode number two of South American shows, and we're going to get to a guest in just a second. Santiago, Chile, night one, two thousand and five. We haven't done a lot of two thousand and five stuff, um, mainly because we haven't done a lot of Canadian stuff. So. Uh, that'll be real interesting to talk about, and we're going to get to our guest Javier Hervas in just a minute. Um, but this was the first ever show in South America. Could you believe that? It took them, what, 14 years to get down there? Yeah, almost 15. Yeah, that's, this is the beginning of it all. Like these, It became such a, we've, we talked about it last week, it became such an iconic thing, like with the crowds down there and everybody listening and a lot of that stuff was was translated into the shows in North America and in Europe and everywhere else. So those give I mean give credit to those fans that they they set the tone for this show early and this is this is the genesis of of that whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. And and it kind of has its own little evolution because you know, we'll hear in this episode the crowd is is nuts and they are absolutely so excited about just being there and being able to see them. Um, but you'll also notice that, you know, not like Sao Paulo that we did last week or some of the other really, really famous ones from down there. They're, they're, they haven't grasped on to like the singing, the choruses and, and singing the, the musical intros to songs and things like that. That doesn't come just yet, but as we'll see later down the line, when we do things like Colombia, when we do Costa Rica, when we do uh, Argentina, like those shows will really have like the best of the best of those. Yeah. That's one thing I was really listening for and watching for him. when I was, when I was listening to the show is like, what kind of you you know you want to see where it started like what at at what point did the band kind of like look at each other and go wow this is this is something you know you want you want to you know see where it all started and and find those moments where okay like they cuz you think about on the i think we mentioned it too the in the PJ20 DVD on the bonus features there's a whole section on this 2005 South American tour a lot of behind the scenes stuff and they they go on and on and I think the band talked about how they absolutely loved it and like they they couldn't wait to get back Javier says you know it took them six years but you know the after that they they've been back a lot more but yeah that's the one thing I was watching for is just to see the band's reaction to the crowd and them not knowing what to expect and when it finally when it finally sunk in and it the the anticipation and we Javier talk about this too just just buzzing in the in the building and you know we we talk about at the beginning you know they this was the first you know big soccer stadium GA show after Roskilde five years later so you and in the in the PJ20 book you know Mark Arm from Mudhoney who opened the show actually mentions like he remembers them being freaked out by it at the beginning and like I'm sure that contributed to a lot of the kind of tentativeness early on but they really settle in and you can tell that the show the show becomes like one for the ages about halfway through 
Yeah, I, I you kind of you get some tentativeness in the beginning, but yes, uh, they absolutely kind of break out and they find a groove and they sort of connect with the audience. At first, there's it's not that there's no connection, but they're trying to figure out how to connect with them. So uh, it's interesting to see how it develops and evolves. But um, before we get into covering the set list, let's invite Javier Herves on the show. He is a patron and actually requested this episode, uh, the show from Santiago to do. And, and it was perfect because really, you know, we didn't know what show to do from Chile and what better one to do than the first ever South American show. So here's uh, here's our little discussion with Javier and, uh, you know, just his experiences being down in Chile, living there and never being able to see the band and how this finally came to fruition. Well, I think it was pretty special because, like you said, yeah, uh, me and my group of friends, when we were like, I don't know, like 10 or 9 years old, like we were like trying to grab a copy of 10 and stuff like that. Um, I think it was, I think it was way much more special because the hype was always so big about them coming and like there was always a lot of rumors and I think maybe at some point they got even close to go down, but something happened and they they couldn't make it but um it was just uh, i mean i still remember i mean i've I've been lucky enough to been in a lot of pro jam shows right now since that i moved here uh as well but like that will always be like probably the most special one uh being the first time for them being in south america and looking at the band like they're very genuine reaction of like not knowing what to expect and you see like 27,000 people basically going insane it's just it was just like a lot of it was a burst of emotion when that first quarter release started I can imagine that and you know from reading you know little things in in the PJ20 book about you know how the band was feeling about this this was actually not just their first show in South America so it wasn't that they didn't even understand uh you know or or know what was to come with the crowd but this was their first uh complete GA show since Roskilde which is you throw both of those together and that's that's really crazy right there so being in that crowd and and you know safety is always the number one thing on their mind what was uh and everybody had to have been excited you, you hear the chants and everything like that so what how did dealing with the crowd down there how did how did that all manifest um well i remember especially eddie being very conscious about the fact he was always like observing a lot especially the first rows i mean me and my friends, we got there around seven in the morning, just wow. to just to just to be there. And I have a very funny story for you guys about that, actually. Because, okay, yeah, please, yeah, share. I think, yeah. <laughs> so the night before, um, so one of is we have a group of the six friends that like we have been long life uh, long life friends, and we all really love the band and everything. And one of our buddies lives uh, probably three blocks away from the stadium. So we just basically stay there. But then he also works in the university right next to the stadium. So we were able to just to sneak in like at the university just to hear the. Um, the sound check. The sound check. Yeah. So nice. and, 
Yeah, and I remember that that just basically hit home when I heard the first couple of chords of half full. I'm like, okay, this this is really happening, you know. <laughs> this is okay. We guys, I mean, we're gonna we're finally gonna see Pearl Jam tomorrow. So, the night before, everybody's pretty anxious, and the plan was kind of go around eleven or twelve to the stadium because we were pretty close. So we were just walking, and we were just like drinking and like uh, having fun with other fellow friend, other fellow Pro Jam fans, and that we met during that week. And I mean, we we went to bed kind of late, and we were like, okay, let's get some rest and let's go to the stadium in the morning. <laughs> and one of my friends who we were just like sharing the same room, he just, <laughs> I swear to God, he gets up at five, and we we got home around three. So this is like an hour, 45 minutes after that we just got home. And he just, and I quote, he says, I had a vision. Just get up. Let's wake everyone up. Let's go on right now. <laughs> Dude, we went to bed like an hour and a half ago. No, 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 no. Just shower, get ready, let's go. Okay, fine. Uh, and he was saying, we were like on the way to the stadium, that he basically kind of like had a dream that it was basically crowded. A lot of people sleeping and waiting there, and and I don't know what he had the night before, <laughs> but he was absolutely right. Like when we got there, uh, probably six hundred to eight hundred people that they were like camping wow. and just waiting to get yeah. in. That's and, incredible. And it, it, it and it was super cool because, like you said, it was the first GA thing, and everybody was kind of aware of that. And every, I think everybody was a little nervous about how the band was going to react to that too. And, but we just basically started to line up in the way that everybody was saying, like, okay, what time do you get here? Seven. Okay, this is the 7 a.m. group. What time do you get here? Eight. <laughs> so we, we started to get by times in front of the lines. So we can be, we can be a little bit more organized. Uh, of course, when they opened the doors, that went to hell and everybody started to run. Um, but um but yeah it was it was when Madhoney started it was pretty you can notice that there was a lot of excitement in the area i personally got a little concerned because when uh they were changing the, the equipment and everything some people started to get a little closer to the stage and started to get a little too tight mm. um but then after that um i think when when the band started to play Especially, I think it was a very, very good decision just to start with release to just kind of like everybody enjoys and calm down. Um, but I think it was it, it was it was good that um, even though that with all the level of excitement that all the people was having that night, uh, as soon as Eddie was in the band was always like checking and the people responded pretty well to that. Like South American crowd is crazy, and you're gonna jump for three hours because that's what we do. But uh, everybody was pretty responsive to that after that. That's really good to hear. I mean, like you see those crowds, and you you just kind of imagine and wonder, like, what could happen? Like you just never know, especially to the point where sometimes where Ed and the, and the guys can, can pay attention to at least what's going on in front, but there's, it's almost like, you know, a football field size 
uh, crowd in there where you, you have to kind of look and, and check out what's going on in the back too. Like th- there could be some safety concerns there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that was like the, the greatest part about that because there were so many emotions, people just waiting for so long just to see them live. Uh, personally, uh, it was my first time and all my group of buddies, except for one, it was the first time. Um, but I think people was just like so into just enjoying the music and just like having a party out of that, that everybody was very aware of like, okay, who is right next to you? Somebody falls, just pick him up immediately, call security. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just a really good experience because everybody was in tune, like just to completely focus on the band and just enjoying every single song. That's, I mean, that that's really good to hear, uh, you know, especially, you know, being the first time and all the excitement coming out, like, you know, good that everybody had each other's back. So, I mean, like, this is a pretty, this is all hits right here. This is all the stuff that everybody knows. They they really hit you hard very early with stuff like Hail Hail and Corduroy and, and all that. So what, what, from like the early onset of this, what did you kind of notice or did you just really love? Uh, from what they were they were busting right out of the gate um i one of my favorite moments of that show it was um so the forecast said that it was going to rain so but it was clear all day i mean no no even a hint of that it might rain or not but it was it was pretty magical that when as soon releases started you can feel this little bit of rain coming down you know it seemed like in the video there was some mist and i couldn't tell if that was mist or something else so it was misting right yeah it was just misting it was just like i don't know maybe whoever was up there controlling the clouds that night uh got a pretty pretty good timing on that because as soon as stone started with release like the mist started you know wow um so that was that was that was pretty cool um what like I, like I was saying before, I think uh, one of my favorite moments of that show is that combo release Corduroy. Because in release, you see the, I mean, if you see the recording, it's pretty kind of dark bluish. So you can mm-hmm. see kind of just the silhouettes of the guys, right? Right. But, but in Corduroy, like, it's the first glimpse that you have, like, full lights on. And you see Mike jumping around and Jeff jumping around and everybody doing their thing. That you're like, okay, it's. It's, it's really bad in front of us. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, like just they're, they're so smart when it comes to things like that. Like, even if that wasn't on their minds, you know, just that idea that you got from that, like where you couldn't, you know, couldn't see them at all during release corduroy hits and, and bam, you're, you're, you're into the show. It feels like it's real. And we say that all the time. Corduroy is the one. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was kind of similar when you guys were talking about the the Wrigley shows um, mm-hmm. in July because I remember because I was in the Wrigley shows too, and I, I think it was night one or two that you guys were saying that you felt that like when corduroy went on, like you feel like okay, this is now when the show is starting, but you can feel like that hit with the lighting and everything. Oh it yeah, was, it, yeah, it was a pretty similar feeling I think for for me at least. And um, and then when uh, listening to it, trying to speak Spanish in front of everyone, you know, with the notes. <laughs> he, he only he's only had a little bit of practice. Yeah, he only the, I think the only other time was was Mexico in 2003. And, and then like what once or twice in Spain. But that's 
that's the only practice that he's had. So yeah, and 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 people were so grateful for that because you, know, you can see that the guy is really trying. You know, right. like he's trying, trying to communicate. But when he said like "por fin," like finally, it was like that was like a very collective moment to like, yes, you're finally guys are here. Like we have been waiting for so long, and yeah, that was another pretty cool moment of that night. Did you get a sense that? the crowd was extra like on edge because it was the first show in South America. Like they were trying to really put on a show to like impress the band and like represent the whole continent almost. Um, I think so. Um, I mean, you, you kind of get this vibe when like, when you, when you watch, I don't know, like documentaries or bands talking to other bands, like they always refer to the South American crowd to a very exciting crowd to play with, you know? or in front of and i think people wanted to be like okay i mean we're gonna we're gonna have a great time but also we're gonna be um we're gonna be who we are but we we want you guys to have like also good experience because everybody was thinking like okay they're coming now they're here when they're gonna come back again you wanted to show the band okay this is south america uh this is the crowd like play for us please come back. Don't make us wait like 15 years again. <laughs> so there were a lot of like chants going on. And one of the ones that I noticed that, that I'm going to bring up when we, uh, when we do the songs in the set is uh, the one that Ed did with the Ramones. Is that like a premeditated uh, chant based off of something else? Or was that something that Ed just made up and you guys were just rattling along with him? Oh, the when he started with the like Joey Ramon, with, Johnny, whatever that I, was. I I think Ed did a little bit of research, and especially like is you have a lot of um, soccer stadiums, right? Mm-hmm. So I think just the sing along thing, so it, it's kind of like more like a soccer culture thing. So I think it was more related to that, but I I think it was just on the go. Because I remember he started to sing like Joey Ramon stuff like that, and people right. were just singing along and having having fun. And that's not something that like that's not based off of like a Chilean soccer team or something like that. That was totally original from Ed's mind. Yeah, yeah, I think he just made up that in that point. Or wow, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of lot of like for the Ramones in South America, like okay, only anyone that you will like, I don't know, like for me, like Pearl Jam and and Queens of the Stone Age and Oasis and all the '90s stuff that I adore, basically. Uh, but if you start to look back, you will always find a Ramones fan. Like there is a, I think there's a very strong connection in between everything that you were listening in the '90s and the Ramones. Sure, of course. Because I think they did go down there at some point. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think and I think one of the one of the members, one of the band members, used to hike towards the south of Argentina and Chile. I think. Hmm. Um, so that might be something related to that too. But yeah, I mean, the Ramones in South America are like very, very respected. Interesting. Oh, I I mean, like they're respected everywhere, but that's that's good to. To know that, like that, they're held in such high regard down there. So that that that's awesome. 
Um, what are some other, like, again, this was a, a pretty much a greatest hit show, like Elderly Woman, Even Flow, Daughter, Jeremy, like, those are all songs that have so much participation. Do the Evolution, that doesn't really have that South American, you know, uh, patented vibe yet. You guys, it, it, it would happen, I think, later on that tour uh, in Buenos Aires, I believe, was the first time where they were really just whoa you guys are singing along with uh the guitar parts but what are some of the moments from this that you were just absolutely taken away from um as i was saying before the first combo release corduroy personally another favorite favorite moment was grievance for me that was like this is this is awesome like because it's not a very well-known song by everyone Mm -hmm. and when you have so many greatest hits like in front of you um grievance for me was like okay they're playing grievance man i, I mean this is this is great right um, and then the next night they would bring in like in my tree and uh i was looking at it before yeah right yeah. yeah so you get uh, it, it was it's nice because i think they need to kind of introduce the hits on the first night and the second night it's like okay we know what kind of crowd this is i think they deserve some of the more rare stuff yeah and and as you guys were saying before you kind of you kind of start to get that vibe when, like, if you have if you have the shot to see them for two nights in a row, uh, you know that the first one probably is going to be a lot of greatest hits, but then the second night you will get stuff for the fans, like right, like the the deep hardcore stuff. But yeah, as I'm looking at the set right now, like uh, even Flo was very cool as as a guitar player um, to see just Mike and Stone doing that version live, which I I thought it was a really awesome version. Um, looking back to like probably hands down one of the best live versions of that I've ever heard of my life is Save You. That version of that song was intense. It was like Ed was right on point. The band was like raw and very very powerful in front of you. That's that's also one of my favorite moments of that show. I think yeah, probably probably the best version of Save You that I've ever heard live. It feels. Like somewhere in the middle of that set, and it might have been around Grievance, it might have been a little bit later, but it feels like the band, you know, and I guess the worry of, you know, what what could be going on in the crowd and, and just, you know, I guess the unfamiliarity with it. I, I feel like one of those in the middle there, they just kind of, they kick it into a different gear and Save You was the one that really felt like the band was at their height at the show. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, it was just like I guess I, I was more towards uh, Mike's side on, on the first night, and yeah, we were kind of like center towards the left. But um, it's just like when you see the song live, it, it was just like it's super powerful, and and they were they were intense. They were they were going all in with that song, and I it's one of my favorite moments of that night for sure. Um, talk a little bit about the the end, like they. You kind of the encore one. It seemed like you know you you continue just the greatest hits, but then they come out for that encore two. We talked about the the Ramones, and it really seemed like they they you guys had really put on a show, and they were just really saying thank you. Talk about what it was like at the end of the show. How are you feeling? What was the crowd like? That I believe in miracles, Baba O'Reilly and uh, Yellow Ledbetter. Um, well, the Ramones thing was very um, fun. Just everybody singing along. Um. It, it it was just a great cover to hear, you know, like because everybody was talking like, of course, are going to play or which one they're going to pick. 
So it was, I think it was a really, really good version again of, um, of that song. And also, I think when you hear a song like I Believe in Miracles, I think a lot of people started to take that as their own. Like, mm. it, it was kind of more like, kind of like that sense of I Believe in Miracles, they finally came down. <laughs> they find, they're finally <laughs> wow. here. And now, you know, because it was just insane. I mean, I remember when the announcement was made and the tickets went out in like an hour and a half. Wow. And it was, that's, that's a, a lot of, that's a lot of space to fill that, that yeah. down there. Yeah. Cause originally I remember we, it was on TV all over the place over like the, like the, the, the local channels and all that. But, um, Originally, I, and correct me, guys, if I'm if I'm wrong, but I think they were only going to they were only going to do one night, but they sold out so quick that they added the second night. Honestly, uh, I don't know the answer to that. I I don't. I would not be surprised because that is something they've they've done on multiple occasions, and I, I would think that for a place that they had never been to before, you know, the first night was just sort of you know, kind of let, let's see how many tickets we can sell. And then, you know, if you, if they probably kept the second one open for that reason to, to, to gauge whether or not they, they could do it. So that, that, that would make sense. Yeah. Cause, cause it was, uh, it was hard to find tickets for the first show for the second show it was a little bit more, the process, it was a little better, I think. Um, but yeah, it got sold out very quickly but going back to um, when they started with I Believe in Miracles, people was just like, um, there was a sense of joy, you know, like this is our own little miracle that they're playing right now here tonight. Yeah, they they did it both nights, so there might be something to that. Yeah, yeah, could be. Uh, and then uh, Lava Riley, it, it was, again, such a awesome version. The lights are on and everything. And, but the, when when they finished Bob O'Reilly, I think everybody was kind of like, oh, this is sad. It, like, the show is ending. Right. <laughs> like, and it went by so quick, you know, because even now that you look back, it's, it's kind of funny and ironic that you can say, oh, they only played 23 songs. Just only. <laughs> right. Because now we're, we're used to, like, 30, 33, or whatever they decide to play. Um, but, yeah, Bob O'Reilly was... Um, it, it was a really good version. The stadium, all the lights were on. People were just singing along, uh, especially the teenage wa- uh, waistline part. But at the end of that, when you hear like the first chords of "Yellow Let Better," you're like, "Okay, this is this is the end of night one." Uh, so it's kind of like a relief, a relief feeling, you know, like an emotion of like we finally, finally were able to enjoy this. We're going to remember this for God knows how long. Um, but it was like, okay, for the people not coming for the second night, it was like, okay, this this is sad. Right. But on my end, we were, we were super excited. We were already like putting theories in. All right. What are the songs that we didn't hear tonight? Right. What do we have left? <laughs> now, did you guys uh, go like right, right after, uh, uh, you left the venue. Did you, did you just go wait in line again, or because it was the it was the night right after, right? Yeah, yeah. No, we just went back to whatever we're staying, which was like three, four blocks away. We we just wanted to get some rest. 
Um, because the second night we were not as in front, uh, we were a little bit more in the back. Um, because we were like, we were, we were exhausted. Like it's, I mean, we were jumping for two and something hours and singing along. Nobody had a voice. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was kind of like one of those things where you're like, I'm exhausted. I'm dead tired, but totally worth it. Nice. That, I mean, Look, for them to, to come down there for the first time ever and you being able to experience that, you know, from, from going to a place like a Wrigley for where they were playing for the first time ever, I totally, like, you, you get that feeling that you're part of something special. And, and that's what it seems like, you know, through throughout your retelling of all this, that that's exactly what that was. Yeah, and I think also one of my favorite things that, that I've talked to, because, I mean... And after that, I moved here and having the chance to see them here and to see a different crowd or like people from all over the planet, they just like travel and, and move for them just to see them. It's, I don't know, it's just, it, it's a, it's a thing, like you said, like you were part of something very special, like that the first night and being able to see the the band and like they're, they're really like you can see their faces over the the screens like their faces were like are like is this real like are you guys singing with us and jumping for two hours or like you could you, you could really tell that they were having a great time too and they were like we we just can't believe this we we can't believe that we have this such a powerful response from the crowd too sure for sure well, uh, thank you uh, for for joining us for this. This was awesome to get your experience because it's not it's not every day that that you find somebody that's been to uh, you know a, a show in Chile that that you know from somebody that lives in the states now and uh, and not not just that but the first ever show. So getting that firsthand experience, I know this was one that you picked and one that was really special for you. So uh, I, you know, it's it seems like everything kind of ties in together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it was one of those things that you you will remember for a long time. But it was yeah, sure. it was. Uh, I was very, I'm, I'm very grateful and I'm, I'm very happy that I was able to be there with um, best friends that I've ever had too. So that's, it was, it was that's a wonderful night. The best part. So once again, thank you so much, Javier, for joining us and telling your stories. And we're going to implement them into the episode and kind of use them for you know just our our coverage of, of the set, because how, how can you not like they're fantastic stories. And, you know, even right off the bat, he said it a couple of times, release Corduroy. Those, those were the ones for him, you know? Oh yeah. And we always love getting that firsthand perspective, especially at a show like this, that's kind of out of the way from anything that you or I would have ever gone to, especially back then. But so, yeah, that's just goes to show like this was he I think he said this. This is his first time being ever on a podcast. So thanks, Javier. You did a great job. If anybody else is out there that has stories like this, if there's you have a special story from a show that you went to, definitely hit us up live on four legs podcast at gmail dot com. And, you know, we'd love to hear them. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Yes. Thank you. And uh, from anywhere, from Australia, from uh uh, from Europe, from England, from doesn't matter Canada because we need to rep and love Canada a little bit more. Out of almost 100 episodes, Canada has won the same amount of episodes that uh, states like North Carolina have, and 
states like Florida have. I'm trying to think of other states that have equi- <laughs> equivalent yeah, yeah. to Canadian shows, but we, we are going patient to patient a little bit longer. Canada, we're getting to you. We're coming. We're getting to you. We're getting to you. Good. And we'll, we'll use next year as sort of a platform to try and get more Canadian shows in. So we're thinking about you guys. Trust me. Uh, all right, let's, uh, you, you start off and the crowd is here for it and they are chanting. They're doing some Olay chants and they're doing some other soccer chants here and they're just freaking fired up to see Pearl Jam and who wouldn't be the first time the band ever stepped foot in Chile. And like we said, with Javier, uh, release, getting that to be the first song, and I love how he explained that, how the lights were out, you couldn't really see them, and, and it was kind of a thing where, you know, you, you just kind of see their silhouettes a little bit, like, that's such a, a unique perspective and a unique way to describe that. Well, yeah, release with the lights out is always special, because you really feel like, you, and you talked about those those opening chords with Stone, like, you really, it really lets sets the tone that, like, the music is the focus and we're here to play songs for you and it's it's not some spectacle where there's you know pyrotechnics and the light show and all that it's it's about the music and always it's always special when when they turn the lights out and the that 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 opening riff of release starts and ed is making a connection right away to the crowd yeah when he gets into the second chorus or second verse uh within this or second second or third uh, miscounting, but whatever, whichever one it was, where he's saying in Spanish, oh dear dad, can you see me now? And, um, like, that has to be such a strong connection to the crowd for him to use their native language and, you know, say that, hey, like, we're here for you guys, with you guys, kind of thing. for Can you see now I am myself like you appreciating us too like it's it's such a give and take and that that's when the shows become really special is when like we talk about like the band's feeding off the crowd the crowd's feeding off the band and it really really takes it to another really special level 
Absolutely, yeah. And and I think, you know, for this being the first ever South American show, you have to get the ones that people are most familiar in, with in right away. And Release doing that is perfect. Corduroy doing that is perfect. You're not going to go release into God's Dice or something like that. That's, you know, that might work for... I don't know, a show in uh, in Michigan, but it's not going to work for your first South American show. You need to fire that crowd up and you need to give them the goods right away. And, and like Javier said, corduroy, releasing Corduroy was fantastic. And you just you get the crowd's participation like in the breakdown, they're getting the Hey Hey chants in, and Creedy rips into the solo, the band feels good, they feel tight, and, and it's as fuzzy as Jeff's hat in that. <laughs> I love the little, I love the little, the rest beat where they, it, it crashes and then they stop for that one beat and then keep it going. There was something they were doing around this time, but yeah, this version of Corduroy is near perfect. It's one of the highlights. You have to, you have to get those crowd respo- uh, call and response ones in, and uh, yeah, you're right, near perfect for this show. Uh, a stretch to follow with Last Exit, Hell, Hell, Evolution, Given a Fly. Very strong section for the early part of the set. It kind of reminds me of how we ended the main set in Sao Paulo last week a little bit, but just kind of, you know, just still popular, big songs early in the set to get your crowd into this. And all early 90s stuff, too. Like, mm-hmm. thinking you got to think, too, like they were this wasn't technically still the riot act tour, but that was still the latest album. But for them, you know, it it was such a cool moment for them knowing that they've never played like, Oh, let's go through and let's, let's give them a taste of what they missed, you know? So it's cool. You get in these, all these little long stretch of 90s songs here, but yeah, I mean, last exit is great. The bottle of wine comes out early Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, last exit into hail hail. It means it's fast and furious. Yep. And you know, evolution is great version of evolution it blasts right through after ed speaks to the crowd in spanish and it again they're not they're not there with the call and response with that yet they're not doing the the whoa whoa, whoa whoa's, which we you know know of the south american crowd to do that that's not there yet i think like we mentioned buenos aires would be the one from that year that really showed them that and it kind of like everything else it just catches catches fire yeah and this, but again it's it's in such a transitional old song because you feel like you can sort of tell like there's a little bit of that going on like the crowd's definitely into it this is kind of the beginning like i said it's not fleshed out like it would be later but you know the it's so cool to hear it right before then like this is one of the last versions before we we got sure. that so yeah, yeah it's really cool to hear right that's part of the evolution of the song you could say evolution of evolution um and another like another thing given to fly you know there's no elaboration on the well fuckers he still stands you know it, it they're i think very early here too still just i guess mindful of, of just the surroundings and they're still trying to get a feel for it so some of those normal and natural things that come to them during songs aren't quite there but they will get there oh yeah and this in 2005 this yeah they they had the big tour in 2003 like so much stuff came out during that one all the these the new covers they were doing and all that and then 2004 you had just a couple of little tours the political stuff that we're going to talk about next week and then this 2005 like the canadian run these 
just amazing shows like they were really stretching on the it would just set the tone for that 2006 tour where they brought back a lot of the stuff they hadn't been playing you know leash comes back uh, and a bunch of other ones but yeah like this this time period it's one of those things where you know we talk about it when we do these 2016 2018 shows where they're not technically still on an album cycle so they can kind of be a little more loose and, and play around with it and you know that's when you get some of those moments in these songs that they kind of stretch it out and different things happen and yeah a lot of these songs are in transition at this time you can just kind of you can give them whatever's in your arsenal and feel comfortable with and uh, you know I, I, I right from the top I, I feel like they pretty much did that so and even this set being more of a greatest hits song set you still get a song from binaural you still get grievance in the middle of this here you know yeah. like there still is stuff so uh that gets us this section i am mine grievance elderly woman i feel that grievance was the first moment where you got to feel like the band was about to break out and elderly woman was the one where all right, we're loose. We feel good. The, the crowd is singing back to us. We had a feel good moment with them. Like this is great. Let's keep let's keep the train going. Yeah, and it's it's again it's the subtlest structure in the creation is just perfect because you think about we talked about it with those waves. You know, you want to you want to build it up and then it crests and breaks and then you build it up again. Like releasing corduroy at the beginning is perfect for that. Then you kind of build it up again with last exit and hail hail, and then evolution given to fly breaks the wave again and you bring it up again I am mine and grievance to maybe lesser known songs and then small town and even flow that you're letting that that crowd explode again and yeah I think yeah small town is the one where I think the band finally realizes like okay this this could be something small town there's a chant going on in between and you just like you know that the crowd is in this vibe of where are like i can't believe we're here where are we like this is just a thank you and a celebration of them and it sounds like what they're doing is spelling out chile that's what it sounded like they were doing am i am i right about that i think so yeah it was it, you know, it's hard to make out 27,000 people screaming right. at the same time, but yeah, it did sound like that. And they do this chant, and we I think this is the same chant that was on that uh, Zurich 92 bootleg where the crowd just goes, whoa, 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 like that, that to me, like that's, again, the crowd just finding moments to pick out and uh and get involved and it sounds fantastic they they feel like they're really into this and that's just residual from small town too like that's the moment of of release right no pun intended where they get to just scream and it's probably just they just didn't want that moment to end like let's just keep going right and even flow keeps the train going pretty well 
Um, great energy out of this. The solo was great. I thought Stone was taking a very riffy approach to the to the rhythm section, but um, they kind of man they, they tease a little bit of a Cameron solo, but they don't really get into it. I thought they were I thought they were going in that direction. Yeah, he, he, they kind of let it hang from it. I think again, I think 2006 was when that really started. So yeah, it's interesting to see like maybe you know because they he really lets it hang and they bring it way down it almost stops completely and you almost feel like maybe even after one of these shows he was like hey guys like i think i could maybe do something there what do you think like right yeah it was really cool to hear but yeah, oh my god even flow like you you see at the beginning you see just that mass of humanity like thousands of people just bouncing right. up and down with their hands up like oh it would have been amazing to see yeah and like you yeah. said mccready's on fire it's one of those ones where he he is playing he is letting those notes hang he's playing like bending those notes really let putting his putting his soul into it but there is some of the the van halen in there as well for the people that enjoy that but yeah this is i, I love this even flow if you yeah, if you if you took a bathroom break for this one you missed it i mean they he lets the crowd take the last verse and it's it's really really great yeah i don't i don't think you can take a bathroom break in that crowd but yeah you would be stupid to do that because it was just building that back into the course and then hearing the crowd like that perfection right there fantastic On the vocal, Santiago. So nice yeah. little, uh, nice little nod there. Um, before the next one, he said that Matt Lucan could not be here, but this song is about him. And uh, I don't know what what song could be about Matt Lucan. Do you know? Uh, is it that obvious? Nothing, man. Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps that. <laughs> no, could yeah, it's work. kind of funny because yeah, he had left. He had left Mudhoney by this point. I think he had. He had left the band in the early 2000s, so yeah, it's a shame they they didn't get to get to play it to him. But yeah, it's a it's a fast looking. It really is, and and not just fast, but it feels like he he has every word down down uh, down pat, and it, it seems really tight. Like it feels like the band actually gave a shit about this version of Lucan instead of just okay, let's 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 make this the fastest version ever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Again, that that's 2005. Like that, that's them at you know 40, you know, in their late 30s instead of late 40s, where they're just like, yeah, let's just get through this. Right. But you know, the best, one of the best transitions in their whole entire live arsenal 
are these two looking in the knot for you? And I, I feel like this is one of, for me, one of the key standouts from this show. Just getting that, just that rolling drum intro that you get from Not Not for You outside of Luke, and it just, it's so smooth. It's, I love when they do it. it, it they just make it feel like it's all part of one song. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's, we'd, we'd almost need to do a combination evolution episode on these two to really track. Pretty much when uh, when that started. Now this is this is one of the earlier ones where they really started you know, tying together seamlessly. But uh, yeah, like again, not for you is it's it's again it's right up at the crest of that wave. Did you notice the little lyric change? Uh, the now seats three. Mm-hmm. Yep, Didn't that was the, probably around the, the time his, his yeah, Harper was born. daughter, first daughter was born. Olivia. Yeah. Olivia, not Harper. Right, right. Olivia was number one. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, I think that was um, when we covered the Gorge show. I think he had done that then, and that was, what, like a month or two before this. Yep. yep. So that, that would make sense, yeah. And another really... You know, this time period was kind of the, the early stages of the modern girl tag. This is only the seventh time that they had ever done it. Yeah, I think that was a function of uh, touring with Sleater Kinney in, in 2003 and hearing them play it on that on that tour. And yeah, I'm sure he, before they left, he was like, hey, uh, I'm just going to steal one of your songs if that's okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, love, love Modern Girl at the end of Not For You. Absolutely perfect ending and and i think that's even even that's a good transition into daughter and you're figuring the last four of the set it's a it's a very quick show it's under two hours and you know i it, it, it was good that they were able to to make another date for this because i if i were down there just one show for chile and that was it like i would have been like man i want so much more you know like i'm just hungry for it because it does feel like it just kind of you snap your fingers and it's gone. Because he's not talking to the crowd a whole lot. He's uh, you know the songs are pr- are pretty tight. They're pre- played pretty fast, and it's all you know stuff that you know. Not a lot of you know the the immortality type stuff where they're going on seven minute versions or anything like that. So uh, yeah, pretty pretty much straightforward. Yeah, and again, it's a lot of hits, but you do get. You know, you do get a couple of ones in there. It's and you know, it's yeah. I guess you considered down down at yeah. the time. It's a yeah. lost dog, so sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that they play that way more now than they probably did back then. Even though, you know, back then they probably said this is more of a Riot Act song than other songs on Riot Act. But uh, yeah, just finishing, kind of finishing off the set list, and we'll kind of we'll jump around in order. But daughter down, Jeremy save you. Um, I guess first most important thing of this is the Blitzkrieg bop tag on Daughter because that will come into play a little bit later and that's obviously what we were talking with Javier about how respected the Ramones are down there. So that's if that's not a little bit of a hint that gets you excited for that I Believe in Miracles moment then you know, I don't know what it is. Yeah, and I think too, uh, these, these tags were probably chosen because of their you know, call and response potential, right? The hey ho, let's go, and then the hey, hey, it's okay. Like those are those are very good for for big crowds to get a big call and response. So, yeah, I think that these were picked with with that in mind. And uh, go back to down a little bit. Like probably the rarest song 
in the set, uh, at least original-wise, but, like, it's, again, not the night to really splice those in. The next night you get in by Tree and Insignificance and Immortality and those songs. So it just, it, it fits in, and, and Down is kind of one of those songs that you can really, you can sandwich in between a daughter and a Jeremy, and it feels like it was a single, you know? It, it just has that vibe. It, it just fits in with the crowd so well. Yeah, and you can always, you know, we, in those uh, 98 shows, it was it was Leatherman in the spot. Like, this is, you can almost call it, like, the spot late in the set for the quick, mm-hmm. rare song, right? Let's just get this one in there. We, we get another song. You know, for a long time, it was Habit. You know, now it might be, oh, I don't know, like a Supersonic or, a, you know, Let the Records Play or something, but you get that. Yeah. It became a thing. Like, you know, late in the first set, you're going to get a quick, rare one. That's going to be the never destination spot. Maybe. <laughs> it's just a guess. Yeah. And the never destination spot or like the take the long way spot, something like that. I don't know. I think never destination is going to be an awesome live song. That's just me though. Oh, they, I know they it's all not are. One. I can't wait to hear all these songs. I know. I know. I know it's not one. People don't talk about that one as much as they do. Like whoever said and, and, uh, and dance clairvoyance and, and river cross. But I, I think that song has grown on me way more as, as time has gone. Yeah, no, I mean, like we've talked about, like I wouldn't put it past them to play all of Gigaton every night. I would love that. A, B, yes. <laughs> like yeah. And and C, all of the above. So do it. If anybody's listening to it, do it. Um, Jeremy, they get uh, some crowd participation on because, of course, they do. And even afterwards, like, you know, the crowd is so fired up, they keep singing and they keep going back to their soccer chants and the Olay chants and things like that. So, you know, before going in to save you, Stone and Matt are kind of just like playing along with it. It's really funny. the set with Save You and I think this is definitely a highlight from this this show. Um, it's just a scorcher. Ed is jumping all, all over the stage. He's getting cla- uh, the crowd to clap along in spots and uh, even they even hold it out a little bit. I don't know if you noticed but like it's a, it's a longer bridge to get back into the final chorus just to milk it all clapping and take taking it in and, and really you know making that moment more special than it is. Yeah, that, and that's the thing. You know, if you're, if you're gonna make it in the set, you gotta you gotta make it special a little bit. But how about Stone on that solo, man? Oh, Stone sounded fantastic. And there was another solo that he did in this show that he sounded fantastic on. I can't remember what it was, but man, yeah, he he had a good night. This was a good Stone night. This was a good, you know, Mike and Jeff are both very energetic this show too. But yeah, Stone Stone was fantastic during the whole thing. And, you see some rain pouring down, and oh boy, this is this is just fun. Fun. This, you know, for this to end the set, and then you're going to start the encore 
with something big and furious to get you revved up again. Like, that's the two tied into each other. Man, you, you got something really cooking right there. So, oh, yeah, quite, um, a, quite a one-two punch here. Good way, good way to finish off the main set, and uh, let's let's break for a second there to talk about some things uh, Patreon-wise. What do, what do we got? What's going on on Patreon? Well, we are taking all of this month's Patreon donations and donating them to uh, Kenny Main's foundation, runfreely.org, which takes uh, braces that helps, you know, they helps people that have had, like, severe ligament damage, um, like people that can't walk because of like trauma and it, it really helps them able to, to walk and live a, a, a normal life again. Kenny uses it himself. He talked about it on that episode that we did with him, you know, in back in the beginning of September. And yeah, we, uh, we really wanted to help out. So we, I think we have some really fantastic donations this month that we want to talk about. We really do. Yeah. And we, we just want to thank, you know, everybody that has joined in and, and pitched in, and, and especially this week, we got uh, a couple of new people, and uh, we really can't thank these people enough. So uh, just want to thank uh, Vanessa Osmus, who has been, you know, a fan of the show since the very beginning and a good good friend, and uh, she's now pitched in, and she's a patron now, so thank you to Vanessa. Uh, Jeff, um, who, I he goes by Jeff Vetter, on the social media account so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna call him jeff vetter because it's why not because uh you know that's that's what you notice but he's from france and uh he's uh he's been back and forth with us about the show too and he he really enjoys what we're doing too so he pitched in a little bit so thank you to jeff yeah, thanks, uh jeff. craig 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 Kieser, uh, if I hope I got that right, Kieser or Kaiser, he chipped in a little bit for, for this month as well. Thank you, Craig. And a huge okay. thank you goes out to uh, Kevin Walsh that, you know, a very generous donation from Kevin. And we can't thank you enough. Uh, you know, we, we sent him a bunch of stuff as, as, as a thank you for that. And we sent everybody thank you stuff. So really, if you, if you donate, and today, if you're listening to this the last day of September, uh, if you donate by the end of the day, we're going to make sure because those donations by the end of the day today will go to runfreely.org. We're going to make sure that we get a live on four legs gigaton mask out to you and a sticker so that, you know, with all the bonus stuff that we do on Patreon, like that's another gift as a thank you uh, that we're going to give for you guys. So, and, and whenever we get mass, they always go quick, you guys. So we're, uh, we're almost halfway out of, uh, of what we originally had. So if, if, if that's something that you're interested in, go in, get them quick. And uh, once again, thank you to everybody that has donated. And I think Gabby uh, pitched in a couple extra bucks for the month for, for the, uh, the, um, the fundraiser. So thank you to her. And uh, you know, just we're next week. We'll, we'll reveal how much we made for Kenny and, and what we were able to do for them. So once again, thank you everybody for, uh, for pitching in a little bit. Um, As far as content goes, the 98 set list draft that's up the bridge school episode by now should be up uh that's bridge school 2001 night two we're still continuing on that bridge school series we're almost we're pretty much over halfway through with that and uh yeah all the other episodes that we have from the other bridge school shows to to the evolution series that we've done there's so much over there for you guys and uh yeah more more to come 
more on that. Yeah, and we had TV. a we had a winner of our evolution tournament, right? We did, yes, and it happens to be the song that uh, was the opener on this night. It was release, and um, the evolution tournament was was kind of was kind of crazy because it was really present tense and release were neck and neck for the last couple couple days there and you know one day you would get present tense would be a couple percentage points higher than release and then one day it was release present tense and black that advanced and release of the three of those had the least amount of percentage points on twitter but since the patrons wanted release that caused a three-way tie so release kind of bounced back and you know it was kind of almost like a uh an underdog victory so to speak so yes the next evolution episode will be on release so if you have any favorite moments uh from seeing release and that one is really as much as it is about the band's evolution it's really about the fans evolution as well so if you have any favorite versions of release that really mean a lot to you send us an email over at live on four legs podcast at gmail.com the number four live on four legs podcast at gmail.com and let us know you know send us youtube clips whatever it is just your favorite versions of release and we'll uh, try to capture that emotion and that magic because there are so many people out there who their first ever song they saw was released. I am one of them, thankful to be one of them. And uh, it is it is a moment you never forget. So we're going to try to recapture all that when we do that episode. So, all right. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Hey, I, I voted for Habit. Don't blame me. Because <laughs> you're a child of the 70s. That's right. Or you're a child against the 70s. <laughs> All right, let's uh, jump back into Santiago here on Core 1. They come back in, like I said, you finish the set with Save You. What are you going to do? You can go in so many different directions. This wasn't really the time yet where they were doing like the slow burns. And when you have four songs in Encore 1, you really don't have time for that. So you you finished off fired up. You got to start them fired up. And, uh, and that's with Go. So, yeah, they don't even know what they're opening with here. Uh, you know, they, 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 they choose Go, but Ed beforehand is kind of like what what should we play well we don't really have a plan so you know go is part of the plan and uh again you, you get yourself fired up for for uh these songs in the encore and everything here is a hit oh yeah and it's it's a moment for mike too like he he goes behind the back i think to play the solo which he does again yeah. not a, not as hard as it looks but still uh, still a cool moment but uh yeah, I think the the, the setlist just didn't just has the main set on it. They didn't have any encore pr- planned out, so yeah, it's kind of cool that they were just able to to kind of come up with this on the fly. It's a, I mean, Go is always a great choice to open an encore. Yeah, and and really, it kind of follows up with some of uh, you know I don't want to call Better Man a more mellow song, but really, um, it, it feels like the 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 radio version of better man after go uh there's no tag off of it there's no save it for later it's like a four minute version which is uh especially for 2005 i don't think you get that that often yeah he just does like the you know i need you i want you like a little bit of that and i the highlight for me was stone just wailing on that acoustic guitar man that was the highlight for me we talked about stone earlier anytime they showed him on the video it was it was great yeah, I, all of them were in such a good mood at this point. Like, 
you know, the formalities have been introduced and, and everybody's jumping around on stage now. Now they feel like they are a part of this and they are part of something special. And, and I think it really sets the tone for the rest of the, of the tour that they're going to be doing in South America for sure. And again, better man is another one of those songs where the crowd is just, of course they're, they're going to sing along and they're going to be loud on it. So that, that's something to me that, that really stuck out too. Um, black falls up again, more hits. Uh, we've talked about a version like this before, maybe not you and I, but this came up when Matt and I were doing the show eons ago, years ago, um, where black was kind of played and I didn't realize it at the time, but uh, Stone was playing a Gretsch during it. And this version, he's doing the same thing. So it has a very, has a lighter tone. It kind of sounds like it could be almost like a banjo. It has this like early morning wake up kind of feel to it. Like it's it's so, it's, it's light. But I love that during this time period, this Stone was, was starting to implement this. Yeah, it has a really good resonance to it. It has a really good tone. Yeah, those are those are really nice guitars. And uh, we just talked about that in our Bridge School episode too, the one that uh, that that just came out. Uh, Mike uses a Gretsch in "Nothing As It Seems," which is yep. awesome. Yeah, this is one of those classic, like black versions that you that you wait to hear. I mean, this is this is the one that almost stretches out seven or eight minutes. I think Ed at the beginning sounds amazing. The crowd singing along. And then McCready just absolutely kills the solo. He, there's a little bit of an improv there, which I think, you know, going back to a lot of the stuff was planned out for this moment. You know, he, he says, I think, you know, dreams. He, he kind of repeats a couple of the phrases like, dreams are made to fall apart, but sometimes they come true. And I think that was really poignant for the moment that they were in. I think he was really, he was really like taken in that moment of where they were and what it meant and that they actually made it there for the first time and the crowd was was doing great all the, the concerns about the crowd and everything kind of like retreated to the back a little bit and they could really just let the performance shine through and i really enjoyed that improv i think it really took the song to another level yeah and i you know uh, that was that was a cool that was a cool moment for that and you hear in the background too like mike is is doing his whale sound effects with his guitar and like the whale sound effects are they're just such a cool touch to go along with it it kind of it's it's almost like you know how like the whale sound is kind of seen as kind of like you know this emotional yeah it's almost emotional like cry for help yeah. yeah right like i think that's the addition into that and when mike does that and he taps in to his most emotional side like we talk about dark mike basically that's sometimes is best mike and uh he really does tap into something here and taps into something that it's really fantastic yeah uh, like i i love versions of black like this it's when it when they really tap into something and it really becomes the one of the center points of the set mm-hmm. and of course you get the crowd is into it again and they're doing you know the the do 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 do's and all that and they're following along and and it's really it's a it's a seventh man you know they're just as part of the band right now as as uh as anybody else's and ed afterwards is thanking the crowd while they're chanting again and and uh you just you look at their face after that they just look 
everybody from the crowd to the band they just look like they're so happy to be in the position that they are right now like everything you know that came to fruition did like they, they ever they reached a summit and uh and they definitely from their worries in the beginning this is now like going into a live feels like the moment where they can just absolutely let go and and, and party with the crowd all of these songs pretty much at the end here the crowd is is participating 100% they're doing those uh haze in unison and pretty much throughout the at the entire song uh, like this is the kind of song that you wait for the, all those years you know Javier mentioned he picked up the album what when he was 10 and how many times do you wear wear out your CD, wear out your record by listening to this song and, and just wondering one day, like, when will I get to be a part of that crowd that sings back with them? Like, that has to be a huge moment for all of them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, that you know, the, the hey, hey, you're talking about the, the end of a lie where everybody's, like, doing fist pumping. The fist pump, and yeah. we And you talk about it we on the Storytellers episode where the crowd was doing that. You know, all that came from this. You talk about, like, you know, this, these crowds being so influential on their history. Yeah, I mean, the, that that all sprouted from this. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, because really, we're not far off from this point from 2000 where they cut ties with it after Roskilde. And that's kind of, again... The other tie-in with Roskill here that, you know, this was the first crowd of this size that they had played since that show, you know, the full GA crowd, and uh, and that they can play something like that and feel, like, feel relieved that a song could lift them up instead of, you know, something tragic happen. Uh, I think that's another, that's another thing to hang their hat on, absolutely. Yeah. Um... On encore two time, we only get a three three song encore two, but it's 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 special. Uh, it's absolutely special in its own way. And to begin this, Ed, Stan, this, this is what we were mentioning before uh, in our discussion with Javier. Uh, he's doing this Ramones chant, and he's saying "Hola Johnny, Hola Joe," and the crowd is just repeating after him and going back and forth, and. Yeah, something to really think about here. How important the Ramones are to South America. Ramones! 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 Hola, Johnny! Hola, Joey. Hola, Didi. Ramones. 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 I used to be on an endless road 
doing it too. I think those were the runes that had that had passed at that point. So I think he was kind mm-hmm. of looking up to the heavens and, and kind of saying the names to you know, channel it. But yeah, the, that's really cool call and response thing though. A bunch of times he goes Ramonus, and mm-hmm. like, oh, it's it's really really great. Yeah, I, I one of the best moments from the show for sure. And I think that later on this tour, I think Marky joined them. I want to say it was in Argentina. Okay. If you go back to PJ20 and you go to the date, and uh, it should be there. Yeah, so in Porto Alegre, Brazil, yeah. Yeah, okay, Brazil, yeah, that makes sense. So he might have been the one that Javier was saying before that does, like, the hiking trips and stuff like that. Right, yeah. So that's interesting and, and awesome that, you know, to get Pearl Jam to go down there is one thing, but to get them to to get a guest like that, that's, oh boy, like, someday we'll get to that show and how special that one was for sure, I'm sure. Uh, but, look, we take it back to, to what he said earlier in the show, uh, I believe in miracles, just from, you know, the chanting alone, you know that this is going to be something special, you know the Ramones ties, you know the ties with the lyrics, that it was kind of a miracle for them to get to this point, so this has to be another, like, just redeeming moment for this crowd and, and the band. Oh yeah, and it, and it sounded great, like, I'll even give give boom a little shout out on this one when when the keyboard when that organ comes in on this it sounds perfect i never thought i would need to hear an organ on a ramon song but like <laughs> leave it to boom to prove me wrong on that one like it he really added another dimension to the song it really sounded great yeah boom's not playing on every single one of these but you know this is still very early in his tenure but when he 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 does he does show up when uh when when he has a moment every now and again in the show, uh, they they cut to him a couple times, and he's he's really going after it. So, uh, yeah, this was this was definitely one of them. Um, and then he just finished off Bob O'Reilly, Yo Ledbetter. You know, I I can't I can't think of a better combo to finish off a show like this. You get one of their most popular covers, one of their most singable covers, uh, one of their you know cl- their classic closer that everybody kind of feels. Like, you know, they, they can celebrate a moment, celebrate their final moment of the show. And, you know, 23 songs might not seem like a lot, but, and it keeps you waiting and wanting more. But man, like, this is, if you got to end like this, this is, this is the way to do it. Hey, I'll always leave a morning more. That, that's, that's the credo. But yeah, I mean, this, this is definitely picked with the crowd in mind. Like, Bob O'Reilly, everyone gets to yell Teenage Wasteland. That's, great moment and led better at the end just the celebration and yeah you could you could see it in their faces that they were just blown away Mike sounded great on Ledbetter too. Like just, you know, there are moments in Ledbetter where he can 
sort of dictate where the song is going and and it can either be a little bit more bluesy or it can be really you know Hendrixy and and he can go off on a solo or something like that but this one is just like it's the smooth plane landing I love when he does that and he can just kind of finish it out kind of quietly and you know that perfect landing to end the show on and the way that the crowd responds to it like of course you're you're gonna just be so excited for the next show tomorrow and, and and keep you on your seat you know what more can we get we want more how what are what are we getting from this and and uh and yeah they 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 have to be thinking right now like okay after all of this man what could the next show bring for us so 23 songs really you know although it's short i think it's uh they hit everything they, they needed to hit, and especially if they're they're going back the next day and playing some of the same ones and some uh, some more rare ones. I, I think uh, they did a good job constructing this. Oh yeah, it's a it's a great way to kind of get their feet under them on this new continent, and it's a great way to start this little mini tour here. Like it would these shows would become so iconic. Like they had no way of knowing. So it's it's cool to to hear like the genesis of that and to see like where it all started. Absolutely. So, want to want to pick out three moments from this and uh, and just then decide a rating. Why don't we do all that? I can do I can do three moments for you. Let's all go. Right. Uh, let's go. Corduroy uh, number three, right at the beginning, coming off a release. Just instantly, you know, Javier talked about it. Just instantly, the crowds like lockstep with them. Just okay, we're here. We're we're going to make this a special night. Uh, my number two is Evenflow. Uh, from the very beginning, like I mentioned, seeing that those thousands of people bouncing up and down in unison, just amazing. And then we talked about, you know, McCready and Cameron, like working on that solo section, you know, Matt really letting it hang and then the crowd taking it at the end. Like, what else do you want from even flow is really, really good. And uh, my number one is black, you know, just just a classic, classic moment with with the crowd singing with Mike and the solo, the little improv, which you don't always get. And just just a great great version so yeah those are my three uh lately we've had a lot of the same uh picks but i I think i have a different three here that i'm pretty comfortable with going even though i I like a lot of your three i i think originally even flow was uh was definitely in the running for for it but i can think of uh of three other moments here so i'm gonna i'm gonna give you my three number three starting would be Lucan in the not for you I just love the combo. Um, I, you know, even the version of Lucan just sounded really tight and not for you gets, you know, another one where they can do a little bit of a call and response and, and, uh, and, you know, finish off with modern girl sounded really good. The transition's perfect. Um, number two, I'm going to go with, I believe in miracles and the Ramon chance and all the Ramon stuff that kind of, you know, that goes with celebrating the show. Cause you got to remember this wasn't very long after Johnny's death. So it's on, it's in the back of their minds and they're still thinking about it. And Ed is somebody, you know, he always, if something like this happens to a friend, whether it be Tom Petty or, or Cornell, like they'll always do tributes to them as long as the band stays together and keeps doing shows. So yeah, this was definitely in the front, in the front of their mind um when when uh when heading into the show and uh number one for me is going to be save you just 
man, just electric, just electric, energetic way to end a set. And um, it's really part of how the connection between the crowd and the band on stage and, and how they kind of bounced off each other in this show. I, I think like that one was really defining for, for that. And uh, yeah, you get, you get, when you get the crowd clapping in that section, you can extend it a little bit and kind of milk it for a little bit longer. That's, that's one of the cool moments. So yeah, they're different three there. I think that works perfectly though. I, I like your three though. So it works. Um, all right. One way or eight. What are you thinking? Yeah, this is first ever South American show. Yeah, yeah, and I think like I I thought about giving it a ten, but I think I'm it's just below that level. Like I talked about last week, like this is a great show, a lot of things to go back to, but I don't think it quite hit the heights that a, a perfect ten show needs. So I'm gonna give it a solid nine. Okay, I'm a a little bit lower, and I think it's just kind of. For me, it's like, you know, this is this isn't there yet when it comes to like the really, you know, insane and and powerful South American shows. This is very good, and this is a very good start for them. And I I feel like, you know, there was a little bit of a hesitation uh, to to begin the show and just sort of figure things out. Um, they got there. They absolutely did. But, you know, a little bit short of a set to, like, dock off just a little bit. I'm, I'm like, in between a 7.5 and, and an 8 on it. Like, mm-hmm. I can be okay. swayed in either direction. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't think this is when, if you ask somebody about all of the South American shows, I don't know if this comes up as being, like, in the top 10. I, I, I don't know that. But it could. It very well could. It has the importance of being that. Yeah, just it being the first, I think, is important in itself. Um, so for that, I guess I'll I'll bump that to an eight. This will be our last Chile one for the year. Uh, it won't, it won't take us six years to get back. No, 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 no. Uh, we'll we'll be back. We'll try. We'll try and mix in as much South American shows as we can in in 2021. You know, we wanna we wanna continue just marveling over this crowd and and getting those moments in. So yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll be back to to that at some point. Um, but like we we mentioned, we're gonna take a little bit of a break from around the world. We've done that a couple of times, and it's been such a a crazy road to get all of this done. Uh, but we're going to keep chugging along and, uh, you know, we got a couple months left in the year. We're going to finish it out when the year's over that that'll be the end of around the world. We'll get to something new in 2021, but, um, October, we have a little bit of a theme. Like we mentioned before, we are getting political and, uh, yeah. So getting political means a lot of things. The band has had such a, a great history when it comes to just their, you know, whether it's writing pro-choice on their, on Ed writing pro-choice on his arm or, you know, being in Nassau Coliseum and, and having to deal with playing Bush leaguer there with the Bush mask. Like there's a lot of things that have happened to them, you know, politically wise. And, uh, now's the best time to talk about all of it. Oh yeah. If you, if you think that they're just going to shut up and play music, you're, you're in the wrong place. You haven't been paying attention. Right. And honestly, if you don't like that side of Pearl Jam, then maybe the month of October just isn't for you. I, you know, I don't know what else to say to you because we might 
we might get on our political horse here too because it's it might just be part of the nature you know where we are in the states if you're listening to this here in america you're you know nothing nothing surprises you right now so uh yeah we'll uh we'll be talking about a lot more next week is going to be toledo but tomorrow we actually have something really cool why don't you tell what because again second week in a row we're doing a double episode so why don't we tell them what we have for them tomorrow yeah, so there's a um, there's a new book coming out called Not For You, Pearl Jam in the Present Tense by Ronan Jiveny. And uh, we had an opportunity to talk to him about it. So, uh, yeah, that episode's going to be coming out tomorrow. Uh, he had some great insights on the, the creation of the book and everything that went into it. And uh, it's really a great listen. So hopefully everybody will be able to check that out. Yeah, and the book is not coming out for another two weeks. You can still pre-order it on Amazon. Uh, I think he has a website where you can pre-order as well. Uh, but I think, you know, for anybody that has this book on their radar that wants to read, you know, another fan perspective about Pearl Jam, because, of course, you can't get enough of these things. Um, this is really interesting to, to to listen to before going in and reading the book. And then I suggest... You re- you listen to it once before, and then I think you should listen to it once afterwards as well, because I think a lot of loose ends will be tied up uh, when you listen to it after you read the book. So keep that in mind. And uh, again, we just got a lot of really cool things coming up in October, and it's also PJ30 in October. We'll Ooh. get to some of that, too. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we can't discount that. We can't leave that off the table, too. So we, we have a lot of stuff going on, as we usually do. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to see you all there for it. So anything else before we say adios? Uh, uh, yeah, let's just uh, let's just the mention the, uh, the the Patreon again. If you want to go to yeah. patreon.com slash live on four legs, number four, or search for us on the Patreon app. Uh, you have uh, until the end of today to donate to uh, for our, our fundraiser for runfreely.org. So make sure you go and check that out if you're able. And uh, yeah. As a thank you, we'll send everybody a mask and a sticker. And even if you decide sometime in October you want to join up, you as long as we still have masks, and uh, we'll definitely still have stickers. But as long as we still have masks, we'll send you we'll send you a mask, and uh, that goes for everybody that joins up. So thanks once again for everybody for tuning in, and uh, thanks again to Javier who uh, requested the episode and joined us uh, early on to tell his stories. That was great, and it really gave us a feel for. Uh, how to how to go about this one and and uh, what to talk about so all right let's close it out this may be the end we're here but not for much longer and although we may be parting ways i miss you already and i miss you always thanks again everybody we shall see you next we shall see you tomorrow actually we will see you tomorrow for uh, our conversation with ronan uh the author of not for you pearl jam in the present tense and then next week we'll be back for our 100th episode toledo 2004 Ramones!
Thank you very much, Santiago, too.